Hello everyone, welcome back to this podcast the Big Scoop Podcast. Welcome see pictures, to articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel 99. app. 99, Hello. yes. Um, so thanks for downloading this episode. But you're missing a big part of the podcast because the other big part of the podcast is that we like to follow your journey, your scuba journey about, you know, you, you know, you wasn't a diver when you started. And now you're a diver. You you joined this watery madness jumping into muddy ponds and the sea to see what's under under the water. And um, so part of this podcast is about Gemma's scuba journey so everyone's on the journey and yeah it's all a journey yes uh coming up on this episode we have got another great guest for you and this one is a lovely lady called elaine whiteford yes yeah and she's um she's been diving oh good 20 plus years i think she tells us so and she's a big into her photography yeah she's got yeah it's not her career but it's more a hobby and she's uh, developed a diving into being a solo diver as well. Yes, yeah. Likes diving the, the saltwater locks. Sea locks, yes. Um, yeah. I did ask her about whether she likes looking for Nessie, but I didn't... Doesn't like fresh water. <laughs> no, because no, they can be dark, but that's part of it. But, you know, oh, people still believe nest monster, Loch Ness monsters out there. Yeah. You know? I don't think it's a very pleasant dive in Loch Ness. No, no. Um but beautiful part of the world. I've got to so say, I've been there, and uh, that is a lovely part of the world. If you're looking on the map, trying to think where is it, you know, it's the. If you look at the UK, it's that top. So, uh, um, but what we've we been up to, you know, since last week, we haven't been, we haven't dived as such, have we? No. Um, we're getting ready for diving this weekend. This weekend, done a bit of diving theory. Been working towards my open water, advanced open water dive ticket so i've done the theory so i've got to do the practical yeah yeah and um, also um crossfit oh i saw it. we had a couple of weeks off really didn't we with you know going away with the nugget and yeah and things like that and that's like whoa it's come as a shock and uh oh, it's been a bit bit tiring all these days working out every day well you're doing a bit more than i am but yeah work and everything but it was done i've got out on the beach running so that's nice to get back out outside it is so uh you know we, we do try and about dive fitness and uh why well, that's important keeping hydrated got the water there you know uh, you've got your advance coming up there's some deep dives uh, mm-hmm. with that to get your 30 meter certificate you know so it's always important to keep hydrated i've got my I'm trying hard there so uh, that'd be really good um but there'll be more about that on the next episode about your advance also you've got you know um a new line haven't you that we'll be talking about new hobby (laughs) so to speak um so we'll be talking about that in more detail i can't believe we've got to episode one 100 
100 in next week is going to be a big armada. Yeah, you do keep freezing up. Yeah, I've noticed that too. But let's carry on. Let's get. Yes, so episode 100 will be coming up in a week's time. Yeah, but that's next week. This is this week. So shall we talk to our lovely guest? Let's get Elaine Whiteford on and have a chat to her about her diving. Sit back and enjoy. Grab that cup of coffee. Okay, here she is. So this is the Big Scuba podcast and today we're joined by Elaine Whiteford. Hey. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. So for um, all our audience and our listeners all around the world, would you like to just introduce yourself and tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself? Yes, indeed. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I'm Elaine Whiteford. I'm an underwater photographer and I also write about um, diving and the underwater world. Been diving for coming on 20 years now um, and mainly do cold water diving in Scotland here. Mm, yeah. So, how did you get into your, how did you take your first breaths underwater? What made um, you start? Yeah, I was actually quite old when I, I started and I often think now I wish I'd started when I was like 18, you know. Um, I'd always enjoyed being in the water, you know, when I was a bit of a water babe. When I learned to swim, I was, I loved being under the water. I loved the feeling, I just loved the, the noise and the, the feeling, the, the sort of loss of gravity and things and floating around. But I never really thought about taking it any further and... At the time when I was younger, we did a lot of city breaks and things. So I thought diving was all about warm water. I had no idea, you know, you could dive in cold water. I had no idea the great diving that was just literally on my doorstep, you know. Um, so it wasn't until we went somewhere kind of warm and tropical. We went to, we were going to Mauritius. Mm. And I thought, oh, I bet they do diving in Mauritius. So I looked into it and I thought, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. So I did the... Um, the referral, open water referral Paddy did in those days, I don't know what it is now, but basically did the academic stuff. And those days it was a classroom. There was none, nothing online. You actually had to turn up in a, a classroom and get lectures all day. So I did the, the academic stuff and then the pool stuff um, in Edinburgh. Mm. And then we went to Mauritius and I did my first dives in, in open water. And it was, I just remember being absolutely mesmerized. My very first dive, you know, you only go to 12 meters on your, your very first training dive and the, the dive site was actually called the aquarium and I was just blown away all, all the fish <laughs> was just I was just in seventh heaven you know and um, so that was really the start of it and of course the difficulty was I thought right when can I dive again well I can't go to Mauritius every other week and I, I can't go to somewhere warm every other week but initially I thought right I'll just dive on holiday so of course that waited another year so I didn't dive for a year Went somewhere warm again, did another few dives, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to have to look into this at home. Mm -hmm. um, so looked into it and discovered, of course, that the wealth of diving there is in, in the UK and Scotland. So I went up to Oban and I did a, a dry suit conversion course mm -hmm. uh, to learn how to, to operate a, a dry suit. And then from then it was like, I'm not going to get my own equipment. And then it was like, yes, I'm going to get my own equipment. Yes, I'm going to get a dry suit. Yes, I'm going to get cylinders. So it was really once I did the, the, the dry suit. So I did the dry suit um, referral in Oban. And I also did the rescue course, the, the Paddy rescue course in, in Oban. And I felt that then I was sort of ready for, for UK mm. uh, diving. So that's basically how I got into it and then of course discovered um, fantastic diving uh, all over the UK of course so 
that, that was really it. <laughs> so did you do your diving as kind of a hobby to start with yeah. rather than yeah any sort of career? Yeah I mean it was it was a hobby and the photography I, I actually I would say I was a photographer before I was a, a diver <clears throat> so I was interested in photography and then I sort of just it was all just discovery random discoveries that I discovered you could, oh you can take photos underwater oh I wonder if um, so that's really how that. So I, I had an eye for photography beforehand, but of course, underwater photography is, is so, so different. Yeah. Different challenges, obviously, some of the technical challenges of the environment that you're in underwater. So it was almost starting from scratch again, um, learning the, the ropes about underwater photography. But I mean, I, I didn't take my camera in until I was fairly comfortable in the water and fairly well qualified. I know that nowadays it's, you know, there's, because cameras are different, you can take, you got a lot of cheap cameras, you can take in small cameras, little housings, it's a lot easier. But I do think there's something about be a good diver first and yeah. then focus on photography because you need the skills of diving, you need good buoyancy, key mm -hmm. um, in underwater photography because you don't want to be kicking up everything, you don't want to be upsetting the, the marine life. So I, I, although you can, when you've just learned, take a camera in, I would say, you know, get a few dives under your belt, get a bit of experience, be a good diver first, then you can think about the photography. Yeah, yeah. it's good advice. And um, uh, we've heard that before, you know, with quite a few uh, people has, has come up and, uh, you know, that's one thing that you've found as well, Jim, and that you're mm. concentrating on your diver, you know, you've done what, 30 dives plus and, you know, you've not really got into the whole, you know, taking down a camera yet. No, no, or even it's simple things like using a torch even, you know, even yes. to kind of think, well, I've got to hold that in my hand. And yeah, so yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much task loading in diving. That everything needs to just come automatically, I think, before you think about doing another um, task. You know, I think when I started, it was like I wanted to be really confident in everything I was doing with the diving. So that you know, you could just about you could almost do it without thinking, and then you could focus on the the photography. Yeah. Um, so, but that's that's what I think. Other people might have a different view. Are you a uh, solo diver now? Then I am now. Um, yeah. That that kind of came a, came by accident as well. I, I used to dive with uh, the buddy I used to dive with. Um, we we did our sort of dive master together, and then we would we would dive together. Uh, he actually uh, moved away to the, the Cayman Islands. Okay. Um, very nice. <laughs> so, um, so at that point, I thought, well, I'm either going to have to, you know, join a club. And there was a club nearby, which I, I'd been involved with doing my dive master and things like that. Um, but I wanted to get out more than the club w was doing. So it was weekends and things. Yeah. And actually, as a photographer, it's, I find um, it's better because you can, go around really really slowly <clears throat> at your own pace you can sit in the same spot for five minutes taking a picture of something yeah. which with the best will in the world if somebody's diving with you it, you know it's not great for them and you're obviously thinking oh there's somebody there I, I should really hurry on a bit yeah. so I thought well, after he he sort of left I thought well I'll try it I actually done the self-reliant diver before um he left we'd, we'd, we'd both done that mm. um, but I mean, I I took up solo diving probably, well, it was about, oh, I'd been diving maybe 12, 13 years at that point. So, it, I mean, and I, I didn't do it lightly. 
Yeah. Um, and I thought, I'll, I'll try a dive at five metres just to see what it's like. Yeah. Um, and then gradually, I mean, I, I'm not advising it, I'm not recommending it for anybody. Um, but obviously now, it, when I started diving, solo diving was taboo. I mean, you didn't do solo diving. There was no self-reliant diver qualification. It was very much frowned upon. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a different thing now. Um, I, I do prefer it, I have to say, um, just because I've always got the camera in my hand. Yeah. Um, and you get, a, it's not for everybody. You have to have a certain mindset to be comfortable um, doing it. Um, so I started off very gradually, pretty shallow. I only solo dive sites that I know. I wouldn't go somewhere I didn't know and just mm. in the water really. Um, and obviously if I'm abroad, I'm, I'm not solo diving, I'm diving with a, a, a centre or everything. But I do solo dive and I find it good. I mean, I think it's really relaxing as well. Um, you're on your own, it's just you the camera, the water, the marine life. But obviously you've got to be aware of the risks and, and there are risks. Yeah. Obviously there's, there's things you have. I mean, you've got, always got an extra air source. So I've got a pony that I wear, I've got two computers, I've got a spare mask. So things like that, yeah. uh, you just need to be aware of. So it's not for everybody, um, but it can be useful, particularly I think for photographers or, or videographers. Yeah, you've dived in some, you know, you've done some serious diving yeah. and uh, I was just going through the list, you know, there's about 20 odd different countries um, over your diving career that you've dived in and, um, you know, all sorts, a whole spectrum. So Philippines, Costa Rica, Egypt, uh, Grenada, Iceland, um, you know, so South Africa, you know, all these different waters offering all different temperatures different animals and things like that you know and they all come with their own skill levels as well don't they you know philippines can be quite difficult diving yeah. um you know that, i see you're not done scapa have you, the, i haven't done scapa I, I i just remember i missed cyprus off the list by the way i'm I just thinking that after i'd, I'd sent that okay. to you i think i missed cyprus off it. I, I dived in cyprus did the zenobia which is a, a, mm. a wreck diver i'm not really into wreck diving but i have to say it, it was fabulous i haven't done scapa um that's one of the parts of scotland that you're, I, I would like to you're do. in the neighborhood well, I'm ish, ish. It's a long way. It's a long way. Um, I mean, I, I would like to do scapa. I, I don't, to be honest, I'm not keen on 40 metre dives and a lot of the, the wrecks are very deep. There are some that are shallower than the blocks mm. and things. So I would like to go um, and I'll, I'll probably go at some point. I really have to do it. I mean, I, I can't live here and dive <laughs> all the way around the world and, and not dive in, in scapa. Um, but obviously the conditions, you can't guarantee the conditions, so, no. but I think I'll, I'll hopefully get there, hopefully get there. I mean, the thing about the 40 metre dives is, you know, if you're diving on a single tank of air, you've got 20, you know, 10, 12, 20 minutes, <laughs> and then you're up. So your sort of preferred dive is what we're talking, sort of like, in the sort of like the 10 to 15, sort of, where there's lots of daylight and stuff? Well, I mean, I was actually diving today, and I would say I, my average depth was about 15 metres. Yeah. Over an hour. So I, I was down for an hour. I probably went down to about 20 metres maximum. Yeah. And then I, when I came back, I was gradually coming up, you know, 15, 10. So, uh, I mean, for me as a photographer, once you're getting, certainly here, below 20, 23, 24, the most of the stuff's further up than that. Yeah. And obviously in places like the, the, the sea locks, 
you know, it can be pitch black. Um, I mean, last week I dived about a week ago, the same site as I dived today actually, and there was a fresh water runoff on the top. So fresh water, then you go under and it was pitch black at about seven meters. Oh, wow. So, you know, they're talking, it's like a night dive during the day. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like that today. It was very good today, actually. It was surprisingly good. Um, so I prefer, I have to say, you know, what you would probably call a shallow dive, probably, you know, 14, 15, 16 wow. meters. Yeah. You see as much as you need to see there, um, I think. Yeah. 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 So how often do you get into the water at the moment? Well, I dive all year round here. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I dive once, at least once a week, um, which is great. Oh, wow. Obviously, I haven't been able to, to get abroad the last, like everybody else, yeah. in the last um, year and a half or so. So I, I'm kind of missing a bit of a, a warm water dive because yeah. you know yourselves, if you, it's nice to get into a wetsuit, not have all the dry suit. I love uh, it. Palaver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and to see different, you know, marine yeah. as well, it yeah. must be, yeah, although... A bit of visibility is always nice, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so while we've been obviously restricted with our travel, have you just dived around the Scottish coastline or have you been um, further so, south? I've just been, just been here um, mainly during, from maybe April to October, tried to get to St Abbs down in the, the Scottish borders as much as I can. Um, so try and do that most weekends yeah. um, and then if that's not possible going to the west coast and some of the sea locks they're fairly close to me but the sea locks are great because you can dive them all year round um, so because they're very sheltered some of them so mm -hmm. even in I've, you know I've been out in the first of January some years you know diving good conditions yeah. clear, cold but but clear and um, so you can always get in the sea locks um so that's great so there's no excuse not not to be in all year you say you can always get in is it like a shore dive with yeah the yeah the, the sea locks that um they're closest to me are just shore dive so it's, you just literally i mean the dive site i was at today literally pull into a parking bay just off the road uh kit up and walk down a path 20 yards and walk in oh wow uh, so and it's actually because because it's there's trees as well so the road's just there but you feel like you're out you know not not in civilization so you feel like you're a lot further away so, so in the locks what are you likely to see um well the locks are quite interesting because you get what i call scottish muck diving um, there so you, you get boulder reefs um which are often covered with sort of different types of anemones sea loch anemones plumwoods yeah. anemones um there's dead man's fingers so the soft coral on that and then usually there's a lot of small stuff in the boulder reef so you've got a lot of squat lobsters there's three different types of squat lobster a lot of other crustaceans different types of crabs and things yeah and then you often get bits where it's just plain it looks like plain sand but if you look carefully and um, like this to the dive site i was at today you get um thornback rays and cuckoo rays at that site you yeah. also get things like bobtail squid uh, at that site. Lovely big fireworks anemones. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're really, really big anemones. So it's quite an interesting um, environment, uh, the sea locks. Yeah. And they're very different. There's, there's lots and lots of sea locks. Yeah. Even the same sea lock, there can be a couple of sites, you know, maybe two miles away from each other. They're actually quite different in their topography and what you can see. Um, so they're, they're really interesting. I think when you start diving, you, here you think well there's not much to see 
Mm. Um, but actually, when you start looking you, and you get you get your eye in, it's like everything, you know. Once you kind of know what you're looking for, you see you see more of it. It's like nudibranchs, you know. You, you never see them, and then suddenly you see one, yeah. and you sort of know what you're looking for. Yeah. I think one of the things um, for underwater photographers, if you start to know the habitats of the creatures, you, you kind of know where, not exactly where to look, but the types of area that you might find um, certain creatures. So the more you dive, the more experience you get of that, um, yeah. where you might find things. Yeah, no, it's amazing. So has photography become kind of a career for you? Well, I wouldn't go as far as that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Consider myself a, a, an amateur, so it's, it's not it's not my job, you know, I don't. Um, but obviously I have had um, some articles um, published yeah. in various magazines and mm. mentioned earlier my, my contribution to Wild and Temperate Seas, which was um, mm. really, really enjoyable to get involved in that. I thought it was a great a great idea by uh, Will Appleyard to, to put yes. together a sort of greatest hits compilation of yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it here, get a, a wee plug. <laughs> um, so that actually came about um, during the, the first lockdown, which was good yeah. because um, I think it kind of got in touch around about April, May or something um, to see if I'd be interested. Um, we, we had a chat about it and then I think the deadline for submission was... I think it was the end of July or something. So it was actually a good project um, because I had to think about the writing the words for the sites that I covered, but also to get, importantly, for this particular book, to get um, photographs to accompany the words and to show off the, the dive sites at their very best and show what's what you might see uh, if you're yeah. looking at these sites. So it's, it's really nice for me to see um, the other areas in the UK that I've, I've not dived and to see... Um, what's there so uh, no it's, it's good and I think it's gone down quite well yeah. um, the book yeah. yeah it's almost like a tick list you can kind yeah. of use it yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So tick a few. you know we've ticked a few off haven't we far island yeah yeah <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I think, you know when I started diving if there'd been something like that around it would have been great uh, for mm -hmm. UK diving because you know a lot of folk think it's just either quarries or the, the sea's rubbish because the visibility is rubbish or the light's rubbish but as you know yourselves, you think you've, you've been to St Abbs, haven't you? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. You enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, that was my first sea dive. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, very good. Oh, yeah, was it? Days. We went, yeah. yeah. We, went, no, we did North Norfolk, didn't we? Waybourne. That was my first sea dive. And then St Abbs was like the proper trip. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it was just amazing. It just kind of blew me away a bit. See, I know. Uh, there's nothing like the sea. I mean, the sea locks are great that I was talking about because in the main, they're, they're really quite calm. Um, uh, the sea is very different, you know, in terms mm. of the subject, as you'll know. But when it's good, it's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was talking to someone today and uh, he asked me about diving and um, he he thought all we do in the UK is dive in a couple of quarries. And, and uh, when I explained to him that actually, no, our shorelines uh, offer such a varied uh, amount of diving, um, he was really surprised, and I think uh, it's took. It's actually not just non-divers, but the dive. Every everybody, you know, has um, kind of since the lockdown woke up to what's on the doorstep, and, yeah. haven't they? You know, don't have to go to the Red Sea. You got all these great things, you know, to see on our doorstep. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, and I find as well, people are blown away. You know, non-divers just. Just the general public, people you speak yeah. to, if you show them some photographs, well, where was that taken? 
you say, well, just taking up the road that was, you know, in, in Love Long or Love Fife. What? They can't believe the, the colour um, yeah. and the variety of life that's there because they just look at the water and it looks kind of dark and cold. Um, so I, I find that the non-diving group are, are really, really appreciative and interested. I've, I've done a few, you know, um, presentations and things and mm. showed photographs to, to groups and stuff. Not diving groups, just general interest type groups. Mm. People are, are really, really interested to see what's there because they have no idea um, what's there. So it's it's nice to be able to to bring that to people who who don't dive and gives them more of an appreciation too of of what's underwater at home. Yeah. Um, it's all about kind of you know the environmental impact as well and appreciating yeah. you know and how much we need to care for what exactly. we see around our coastline. Yeah, because yeah. you know even the the Farne Islands and the seals and yeah. all you know the wildlife you see is just like within five or six meters. Oh, no. Oh, remember that last dive and we were like four and a half meters and there was just daylight we had um puffins coming in the water we had seals we had all the kelp and yeah. the different fish around us that's all it could have been abroad yeah, yeah. Been, but we were we were at the farms and that was one of the uh, best dives for quite a while actually yeah and, um, not much more fun than diving with seals they're just fantastic you know? <laughs> yeah. they're just yeah. amazing like big labradors aren't they yeah yeah, yeah but that was my first time this year End of July, and it was just like, oh. fantastic. <laughs> we saw at uh, St. Abbs, we saw mm -hmm. this big cod. Remember this big mm -hmm. cod that we saw laying under a rock, and that got itself right underneath. And we and uh, we, we found it by accident, really. We we're looking, just sort of looking around, and I like, saw big, this big eye staring at like, What's that? And looked underneath with a torch, and uh, there it was, was this big cod just laying there. Yeah. Did you, did you see a wolf fish when you were there? We think we did. We, we think that's what they were. Yeah. yeah, they were quite deep, weren't they? Yeah. 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 The, the big three, you know, you've, you've got the safari and you go in safari and you get the big five. Well, you've got the big three at St Abbs. So you've got wolf fish, octopus and anglerfish. So that's what you've got to see. That's, there you go. Yeah, I didn't see any octopus or anglerfish. That'd be a nice one to see. Yeah. Well, good luck with anglerfish, I'll tell you. Octopus, actually, I've seen more this season than I've seen for quite a number of years at St. Abbs. Octopus. They're amazing. Yeah. And the wolffish are great. I mean, it's the only place, I think, in the UK you can see wolffish so shallow. Because mm. normally they're, they're really deep water fish. And the sites there, I mean, there's one site called Black Car, which is in, in the book. I mean, you can see four, five, six wolffish on one dive. They're just amazing. It's an amazing site. So, um, yeah. It's, it's a good place to go, Snaps, really is. And because yeah. it's a marine reserve and there's no fishing, um, no take. I mean, there's commercial fishing, but they're licensed. Um, yeah. it, it's really, really uh, healthy uh, reefs, mm. as you know. So. Yeah. yeah, well, let's go back to Snaps. You can give me a shout. I'll take you a couple of guided dives in Snaps. Awesome. Yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we saw, um, it was like an arch, wasn't it? Cathedral Rock. Cathedral Rock, yeah. Yeah, that was just awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That's just outside the harbour, isn't it? Mm. Well, I always boat dive that. <laughs> you can do it as a shore dive, but I wouldn't recommend it, to be honest. Nah. It surprised me, actually, because like, um, I was expecting uh, at St Abbs the same travel time Mm. the dive site that we have mm. at the farms. Oh, no. You know? And it's like, no, you're at the harbour, around the corner, you're in. Yeah, you know it's quick. Yeah, it's yeah. Really quick. I mean, I think the furthest 
on the actual St Ab's Head, if you, you know, if you go past the lighthouse, the, the sights up there, I mean, it's only about 15 minutes tops. That's about your maximum when yeah. you're still in the St Ab's area. And there's also sites along at, at Eyemouth, which is the next town down south. Yeah. South, so there's you can so boats from Eyemouth come to St Abs and St Ab boats go to to Eyemouth. So um, but I think that the best sites, as far as I'm concerned, are just along the cliffs from the harbour along to St Abs Head um, yeah. that area. So have you got anywhere else in the UK that you really want to dive, but you haven't done yet? Well, Scapa definitely. I'd like to go to Lundy. Um, it looks super. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been there. I mean, I haven't dived much. I dived in Babicum, uh, dived in Swan Edge, uh, dived out of Port Keris. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Farns have dived and some other places near Bignall. Can't remember what it was called. Um, so I haven't really done much, but Lundy looks really nice. Um, so I, I think I might try and try and do that. Yeah, the um, season for that has come to an end, isn't it, yeah. Andy? We were looking at doing that ourselves, and uh, yeah. all, all the boats are kind of sort of done now, really, uh, yeah. once you get this late in the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just takes some planning, doesn't it? And, you know, weather is always going to be the factor that will change it from yes or no. So yeah. that's, if you're going to UK dive, you've got to accept yeah, that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's good that up uh, where you are, you've got diving all year round with us on our coastline, um, sort of like the Suffolk side, that's kind of no visibility for a good part of the year. And then round the North Norfolk side, down to probably um, Cromer. Sheringham, isn't it? Sheringham. You've only got this short window of just three or four months. And, you know, about now is kind of it now for yeah. on our coastline till next yeah. Easter, really. Yeah. Right? No, next June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what sort of equipment do you wear? What sort of dry suit are you... Um, well, I've got an O3 dry suit. I've also got a, a Scuba Pro one. Mm. I decided I've, I've pretty much got two of everything <laughs> just because that, that's how it's happened. So um, I'm, I'm kind of wearing the Scuba Pro at the moment because it's a flex one and I, I find it was quite easy to move. The O3 mm. one's a bit, a bit kind of uh, like that. But I'm, I'm pretty minimalist with my equipment. I, I don't really have anything apart from the camera. There's nothing on I take that I don't actually need for anything, you know. Yeah. Um, so um, and it, it's not very new. My my BCD is quite an old one. It's Aqualung. It used to be Sequest, I think, or it's maybe Sequest. And it used to be Aqualung. Can't remember. Um, Mary's fins. I, I like the, the Mary's fins. Um, but I don't. I've just got a single tank. I don't yeah. have anything fancy. Uh, yeah. You're not uh, a twin setter then. No, no, I, I kind of think, you know, simple's best. There's less to go wrong, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so a single tank. I, I, I dive 15-litre tanks at St Abs, just not because I need them, but I just like it because of safety. Yeah. You, know, you know you've always got plenty here, as well yeah. as a pony. I prefer the smaller tanks at the Sea Lock, so small 12-litre um, yeah. tanks. But I, I'm, I'm pretty minimalist with my, my kit, I have to say. Because, uh, yeah, twins and rebreathers. Mm. Yeah, I mean. There's a lot to go wrong. I, I see people in boats with rebreathers all the time. 
having to boat dives, you know, they go in and they're like out in five minutes because something's gone wrong or <laughs> faffing about on the boat with, you know, it's, um, I, I like the idea of a rebreather because um, I think in photography terms, you know, you can mm. probably get a lot closer to some yes. of the wildlife because of the, the lack of bubbles, but I think the faffing about would, I can't be bothered. I think if you, you just get your kit on, it's simple, less to go wrong, yeah. get in the water and, and dive, that, that's what. But apex rigs, I think somebody advised me when you cold water diving, that yeah. apex were the rigs to get. And there are other brands are available. They are, yes. Yeah. Um, but I think for UK diving, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They are. We're both apex, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. swear by. And um, yeah, absolutely. The other thing, I, I only, the only thing I would say is I do have an, an air integrated computer, uh, which has got a, what do you call it? It's not with a hose, it's got the... Oh, right, yeah. You know what I mean? The thing you screw yeah. um, I just, I like that. Um, I've got, I carry two computers, so I've got my air integrated one. So are you a Sunto or Shewo? Yes, no, I'm a Sunto at the moment. I've got a Sunto yeah. Eon at the moment, uh, yeah. air integrated one. Yeah. Um, and I've got a wee Zoopla that I, Sunto Zoopla that I've just kind of yeah. have as a, a backup. But I, I just like it because I set an alarm for low air. Mm. Not that I don't look at it, I look at it all the time. You just it's just one of these just in case things contingency isn't it, it is contingency i think when you solo dive you, you're always thinking about redundancy and you're always thinking of you know i started running out of air I'd, I'd be alarmed too well i know exactly but the thing is if, 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 you, if you've got your computer it's i've got it set i got it set for 50 bar and i never get there yeah yeah but there's nobody to do that to when i'm dying you know who's listening no one's watching correct correct so and it's just in case i ever get to the point where i haven't paid attention and it will beat me and i'll say oh right so that's the only kind of wee thing that um bit of extra that's unnecessary yeah. unnecessary but i like it for Hey, there's nothing wrong with um, a bit of extra insurance and yeah. plenty of air when yeah. you're driving. I'd rather come Correct. up with plenty of air and not use it and yeah. make sure I've got plenty of air when I'm in the water. Belt and braces, you know? Yeah, there's nothing, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. I can well, show I think you. as well, I mean, on a serious point, when you are solo diving, you really do need to be sure you do have backups and things. And, yeah. Because there's nobody there to help you, so. Um, yeah. You've got yeah, to be what about oxygen? Do you carry an oxygen pack? Sorry? Do you carry an emergency oxygen pack? Yeah, I've got, a, I've got an oxygen cylinder in the, the van. So it's yeah. touch wood. Touch wood that's never been used in anger. So That's what we're now going to get yeah. um, as well. So uh, part keep it as part of the, the diving. So, yeah, it's good practice. Just, I mean, you hope you'll never need to use it. It's one of these Absolutely. things you pay the money for and hope never to use it. <laughs> but yeah. you know you've got it if, if you need it or somebody in your party needs it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is true. The other thing I was going to say to you was that, you know, um, in your career, you've had photos published in Scots Magazine, Undersea Journal, The Diver, Sea, BBC Wildlife, Scottish Wildlife, the list goes on. You know, you've done a lot with photography. If someone who's listening to this, who is thinking, you know, they're at a point in their diving uh, that they want to uh, start a bit of photography, um, mm -hmm. they don't really know all the bells and whistles about the, the manual settings of it. Um, they don't really want to just get like a GoPro, 
but they want to actually start taking some nice photos, but have the option of what, where, are they, where do they start? You know, it's a minefield of cameras, isn't it? These yeah. days. I mean, I think it is interesting because, I mean, I started off with a really cheap Canon, I can't even remember. I mean, it was, it was tiny. It was about the packet of a size of a packet of cigarettes. Yeah. That size and a, a really cheap housing and a built-in flash. Um, I then kind of graduated to a slightly better camera and I then graduated to an SLR. Mm. But I've actually gone, I'm going to say back the way, but it isn't back the way. I mean, my camera, I've got it here because I was just using it earlier, is an Olympus. It's an OMD EM5. It's not an SLR. It's a mirrorless camera and it's about eight years old. Um, and I use that. Why mirrorless? It's a four-thirds mirrorless. Um, you get good resolution on the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, what's the name of the, <laughs> what's the thing they call it? The resolution on the... I've heard some other photographers using these mirrorless cameras. They're very good for underwater photography. Good they? resolution. They're, they're compact. I use a 12 to 50 um, zoom lens on it. But the reason I got it is because it's quite small. I had the SLR mm. and a massive housing, right? Yeah. And see, when you're traveling abroad, it's hopeless. So this, this here, it yeah. has got, it's also got a kind of zoom, zoom gear on, so it look, looks slightly bigger. Um, it fits, it's really small. So I would say to somebody, you know, don't spend tons of money. You don't need an SLR. You can get good results from cheaper cameras. You can get a second-hand yeah. one. In fact, I've just bought another body for this off eBay because it's so old, they can't get a replacement for about 100 quid for yeah. the money. So I'm, I'm not diving with stuff. People often say, oh, you must have a really good camera. <laughs> but the case is camera. Really How many are more expensive than the, the cameras? Yeah. I would say to look at some some websites. There's, there's some good websites like Wet Pixel, which is a, mm -hmm. a sort of international um, site. But there's a lot of good information there. Um, just do a Google search and you'll find. But I would say don't spend a lot of money because you need to practice. Yeah. I mean, I learned through experimentation. I mean, the first stuff I took was terrible, really awful, because you have to learn all the settings. You have to learn. You start off in automatic. And then you realise, actually, you have to go manual right, to get oh. the best results. So then you play around with manual and you've got the strobes to get into account. And it's, I mean, honestly, the stuff I took at the start is you embarrassing, you know. <laughs> and it takes, it's taken me a long time to just sort of get to know yeah. what works and what doesn't work. And even, you know, when I go now, you know, out of 20 pictures, there might be two or three good ones and 17 mm. rubbish ones. Yeah. You know, with backscatter and the rear end of fish and stuff like that. So I think you don't need to spend a lot of money. You can get quite small housings nowadays. Have a look online, read about it, read up about it, and think about the sort of diving that you do. Um, think about the conditions that you're diving in. Think about the size, think about travelling, you, how you're going to take it with you. Yeah. You know, the weight limits on um, airlines and things like that. I think it's a bit of trial and error. Um, but as I say, I, I've sort of started and gone to the big SLR and then retreated a bit, yeah. just for convenience. And there's stuff about, you know, if you get an SLR, you, you kind of need to stick to one lens. You decide the lens you're going to dive with. And, and you're sort so of that lens, that doesn't come off? 
No, you need to decide at the start, right, I'm going to do a, a macro dive and I'm going to do a, a wide angle dive. I mean, zoom lenses aren't great on SLRs underwater, so you tend to get a fixed um, lens, whereas I prefer a bit of versatility. And the, the mirrorless ones, it's got a zoom on it and it's got a macro setting. So you get quite a good range. So you're not, you know, if you suddenly see a whale shark, not you're going to see one here, but you've got macro, yeah. You're a bit annoyed, you know. Yeah. At least with the mirrorless, I've got a, a wide setting that, that you can kind of do some wide stuff. So I prefer that for versatility. Um, I mean, they're probably not as good as SLR fixed um, distance lenses, but you, you just have to decide what suits you best. But the quality now is, is so good. You don't have to spend thousands and thousands of pounds to get yeah. a, a reasonable camera um, that will do. And it's not about... A good camera. I mean, photography is about the photographer, really, <laughs> in the main. Uh, you need a certain level of equipment, but actually it's about the composition, it's about an eye. And in underwater photography, so much of it is about knowing the behaviour of the marine life to actually be able to approach it, because as you know, you have to get so close. Mm -hmm. You can't sort of take a picture from 10 yards off, you have to get really up close and personal. So a lot of the learning, I think, is about observing the marine life and knowing how to approach it in a way that's not going to scare it off yeah. it's not going to make it retreat into its hole so that you can actually get the shot that you're, you're looking for but trial and error so i'd say get something quite cheap to start with and just trial and error but yeah. always remember there's always another dive don't do anything dangerous to try and get a photo you know the more important thing is, is the dive. It is. We've got, we've always got to get home. Yeah, I have indeed. It's always another day. Yeah. 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 So every time you dive, you always have your camera with you? Yeah, I pretty much do. I, I can't think of... No, I can't actually think of the last time I, I dived <laughs> without the camera. Pretty much since I, I, I got one. Um, only, I mean, I don't teach now, but when I used to, when I was instructing diving, I always didn't have a, a camera then, but... I think beyond that, I've always, I've yeah. always got one now. Yeah. yeah. Are you still logging your dives? No, no, no. No. I, I, no, I know. I, I thought when I started, I can't believe people don't log their dives. <laughs> I'm going to always log my dives. I think I stopped after about 800 and something. Um, oh. But see, a lot of my dives are, are the same sites. Yes. So it's not like I was like going to somewhere new and brilliant and it was wonderful because it's, it's the same site. So yeah. I have to confess, I, I have stopped for, for a few years now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I did log them at the start. I've still got my log books, and it's nice sometimes to to look back. It um, is, yeah. Remember where you've been, actually. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an exciting part of um. Well, for new divers, maybe yeah, yeah. done a dive to yeah get it logged and. And you get all the you want all the um, information about how deep you were and what you saw and yeah. yeah temperatures and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's 12 degrees today in the water here. <laughs> well, it's not too bad then. No, it's, it's 14 good, yeah. where mm. we were on, Sunday, on Saturday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not bad. It gets pretty bad in about February. It gets yeah. about seven. So seven, six is not pleasant. Yeah. yeah. But it's no. not as bad. Iceland, you mentioned Iceland earlier on, Ian. That was the coldest I've dived in. It was three degrees. And as you know, one degree is a big difference on the cold side. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was in Silfra. I don't know if you've heard of Silfra. Yes. Yeah. It, it's beautifully clear, gin clear water, uh, and there's a fault in the the earth between it's the American and 
European continents and you, you dive in, in between. But honestly, it was so, just when you put your face in, <laughs> the bit where you're, you're not covered, oh, it was absolutely freezing. Well, yeah. three degree, it wasn't freezing, it was three, but it felt, uh, that's the coldest I have dived in when it was, it was very cold. I've done three degrees, and uh, that's in uh, Gildenberg here was it, yeah. in January, and there was uh, snow on the ground. And uh, yeah, all I remembered was it's like the serious brain freeze. All I had on was a five mil hood, um, and it felt like somebody put an axe into my head. I was just like, ah. <laughs> then they go, "Do you want to go in again?" Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm done. It is actually fine once you get over it. Once you get over it, but oh no, very cool. <laughs> I didn't, didn't know I got over that. But I would do it again. Silver is amazing. Yeah, I bet. It's yeah. Like amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's not much life in it, but just I mean, it's, it's the nearest I felt to <clears throat> sort of flying because you don't feel. I mean, when you dive here, you know you're kind of because there's, there's boulders and the stuff in the water, but there it's so clear. Yeah, it just it's feels clear, amazing. Really. And so blue, um, yeah. really, really, and very shallow as well. So mm. you're down for a long time. But, uh, but it's, it's good. Yeah, put it on the bucket list then. Put it on the bucket list, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are you working on at the moment? What's coming up? Well, I'm, I've been looking at my photography archives. I've got a sort of notion about doing a bit more writing about um, particularly Scottish marine life. So I'm, I'm sort mm. of working up a few ideas on that, because I've got a, quite a lot of photos um, in the archives, I'm thinking it might be quite nice to actually do something yeah. with them. Um, certainly the, the response we got to the, the, the PCs in Wild at Temperate Seas was yeah. quite positive. So I, I'm thinking about that. So that, that's kind of what I'm, I'm doing um, at the moment, just thinking about that. Yeah. What about Loch Ness, <laughs> the dive site? Well, no, I've, I've, uh, it, it's fresh water, Loch Ness, so it's... Uh, I. I think people don't like it. Eh? Not tented? No. It's quite I mean, I, I live quite close to freshwater locks here. Loch Lomond's pretty close, but they're just they're, they're, the visibility is terrible. It's, mm. it's, there's not so much life in them. It's freezing. Um, I do know people have tried to dive Loch Ness. Look, maybe looking for the monster, I don't know. But <laughs> No, I'm not tempted in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Yeah. So. so you're really... a limit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a proper sea diver. Proper sea diver, yeah, it's got to be yeah. salt there. Or I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I have dived, I've, I've dived um, Stony Cove once and Cape and Ray have dived, so. Oh, right, yeah. 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 We're at Stony Cove on Saturday. Oh, yeah, right. Well, the thing is, if you can't get in the sea, I, I would do that if I lived, you know, someplace I couldn't get to. Yeah. I'd rather be in the water than not, so. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're great uh, places to go and practice. You know, Jen, Jen's got a paddy, a paddy oh, advantage open water. Oh, good. Yeah. And uh, you want to get some practice in, didn't you? Yeah, that I'm doing my advanced in mid-November. So it's yeah. just nice to get, get in the water and just yeah. build up that confidence, yeah. you know, comfortableness. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the main thing, because, again, and thinking about, talking to yourselves I was thinking back about you know when I started diving and, and I remember you know at the start because it's funny you know solo diving right mm. uh, and don't worry about that I remember when I started diving I, I stuck so close to the guide or the yeah. instructor you know and I, I got panicky if if he or she kind of went away for about two or three meters it's just confidence as you say Gemma and yeah. just more experience and keep doing it 
build your skills up. I mean, I think that's the most important thing mm-hmm. um, to, to get in the water, do the skills, keep practicing the skills so that they become really second nature to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're right. It is like confidence. Like at one point there was no wall to see. And yeah, I know you can't see the bottom. I used to worry about that. Where am I? I can't see the bottom. Oh, I can't see the surface. You yeah. know that you go through. That's the process everybody goes through. Yeah, but it is a process. And you think, oh, yeah. yeah, now you've experienced that the next time it will yeah. be a little bit easier. But you've actually maxed out your depth limit didn't you, you got yeah, to about yeah. 17 something didn't 17 you? and a half yeah. Um, yeah it was quite comfy whereas yeah. before it would have been a bit like whoa yeah. can't go it's no absolutely yeah. i mean that was one of the reasons i i did, I did as you know a, a qualified up to instructor but i didn't do it because i wanted to be an instructor mm. i did it because i wanted to keep learning and keep improving my skills yeah. and that was a sort of structured way to do it yeah i mean i, I think it wasn't until Probably, I think the Dive Master is a fantastic course. But I think yeah, it is a, a really good course because you get experience in everything. Um, it wasn't until I sort of qualified as a Dive Master that I became sort of confident. I know it sounds daft, mm. but I mean, it, it took me that long and that level of diving to think, yeah. yeah, I can actually do this and have the confidence. So you do need to get the dives under your your belt and and for me just doing the course is a good way to do that in a structured way and a supervised um way but Shani, mm-hmm. are you doing the dive master Ian are you, are you uh, no not for for Gemma's course no because um you are, you are qualified so I'm a qualified diver yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So you think, I mean did you find the course was was good I loved it yeah and I've said to Gemma you know at some stage whenever she's ready um the rescue course would be a really great course for her um you know and um and maybe you know when whenever you know down the line uh dive master or something like that who knows but i think um you know i think the if anyone's who's thinking about becoming a dive master uh, i think it's a brilliant course you know when if they're if they're at that level you know and then they're speaking to their dive center and their instructors are saying yeah go for it you know um i think yeah what why it's a brilliant course you learn loads don't yeah, yeah. i think for me it was a, it's a tipping point um of sort of feeling comfortable and thinking yeah i'm a diver i mean i know that sounds mm-hmm. daft because you can be a diver after four dives but in my head just the experience and the confidence it gave um you were sort of a diver it's that switch over from i know thinking about you not just thinking about you but actually what you're thinking about is the other person yeah, a yes. lot more than everyone else uh, especially from probably from the rescue course onwards to dive master you you it's more about the other people making sure that they're safe doing what they're doing mm-hmm. how's that going to impact you um rather than just thinking about solely about you if that makes sense yeah, so, yeah. yeah. um i think it's a really good uh, you know, I loved it, loved doing yeah. it. That's a great challenge as well. Yeah. And a lot of people have said to us, you know, you don't progress until you're happy to. No. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, I have completely taken that because I wasn't prepared already in any shape or form to do the advanced until I felt that, you know, yeah. you feel like you're going to get in the water and feel, you know, a little bit more comfy. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, that that is so key because so much of it is psychological. Yeah, the confidence to to 
because it's you know it is a risky thing to do you know it's mindset as well yeah absolutely it's not for everybody so you know and you've got to do what you're comfortable with ultimately yeah, yeah. yeah. so and you know hopefully being comfortable and taking your time and doing it when you're ready will then let you progress that yeah. bit further and you know you grow that enjoyment and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's good yeah find the magic in every dive no such thing as a bad dive. <laughs> yeah, so and I think you know you just get to love it more and more. And yeah, sort of. yeah, I know, I know. But it's amazing that you guys, you know, you so love it. You're doing the podcast on it, which is great. Yeah, yeah, love it. And and do you know what though? That's not just the dive and doing the podcast. It's actually meeting some really fantastic people. Yeah, um, and learning from. The, some of the, their experiences and some of the things and their advice know, as well yeah mm-hmm. and um and you know some people have the same advice some have different ideas that you know that's fair enough but especially for Gemma you know they have really took you know them under took you under their wing to to, to degree um and you know given you some really small confidence you know it's yeah. kind of helped that's kind of hear their words and their advice and you know their little nuggets isn't it yeah. Yeah, made a huge difference yeah. Yeah. yeah i wasn't even a diver when i started this podcast yeah. <laughs> beware beware you know give, give it a few years and you'll be like me i'm not getting equipment and now you've got we started, everything, you know? we started in when did we start this january february time you didn't actually get in the um, i wasn't even in the water was i uh till july wasn't it yeah, july time. i qualified yeah that's great yeah, and then obviously lockdown has just like disjointed everything from yeah. being able to dive. And yeah, it, you know, we might be a bit further on with, you know, the number of dives I've got, but I'm quite comfortable with yeah. how it's gone. Because, yeah. yeah, and snorkeling. We, we did quite a bit of snorkeling in the rivers, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we got our wetsuits on, our masks and snorkels on. And you think, yeah. I'd never have done that. In no, no. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. The is quite good. I mean, I went to the island of Cole a couple of years ago looking for basking sharks and it was oh, nice. didn't actually well we did see one that's a lie i didn't see it underwater we saw it from the boat mm-hmm. um but we did a bit of snorkeling there it was actually really good um yeah. as a diver i was surprised that i enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was in a wetsuit can you believe it in a wetsuit in the sea in scotland yeah. oh. <laughs> shows, you know diving underwater is diving underwater but then there's the snorkeling you know the free diving yep. you know, kayaking, paddleboarding, everything that's kind of on the water or under the water or by the water just has, you know, a universal kind of connection with everybody. Yeah. 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 So nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we're an island at the end of the day. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's so, so important. Yeah. 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 That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got some questions. We've got some Set questions for you. Set questions. I haven't revised. Go on then. Right. So if you could take a liverboard somewhere Mm -hmm. to go diving, where would you take it and why? Oh, that's absolutely easy because I would go to the Galapagos Islands because when lockdown in March of 2020, I was in the Galapagos Islands. Oh, wow. Uh, Well, um, we'd done uh, stuff on the mainland in Quito. We'd flown to the Galapagos. We'd done an expedition around some of the islands to look at the wildlife. And I was due to go diving, another five days diving. 
and the whole pandemic thing came and we were told to get out of the Galapagos. Oh they evacuated us and we got sent, we got sent because Ecuador was shutting its borders. Um, so they basically, the, the, the expedition ship said to us, that it was fortunately, it was the last night of the, the expedition. So we did manage to do the, the sort of trip round. I, I did do some snorkeling, so the, the penguins and the marine iguanas and um, sea lions and stuff. So that, that was that was great. But I was due to get onto land and start the dive, but it wasn't a liverboard, but diving the next day. Yeah. And they basically said, right, you all need to get out of Ecuador because we're shutting our borders. And if you don't get out, you might be stuck here for three months, which in theory might have been lovely, but actually not really very practical. No. So we missed, I missed, I was in the Galapagos, oh, no. we were sent home. So, <laughs> with, so far. <laughs> I know, along with everybody else. I mean, there was folk there that were, you know, heading off to all sorts of places in South America. There was a poor girl who'd, when we got back, they flew us back to the mainland, there was a young girl of just 18 and she just arrived and she was going to do Galapagos and three months here and everywhere so so we basically so that is an, a no-brainer I would uh, I would love to go back there and actually do the diving that I was booked to do <laughs> it didn't matter to do but as you say like going all that way I mean the Galapagos were fabulous um even without the diving the snorkeling I did was great yeah. The, yeah. the land wildlife was fantastic so that that would be my um easy answer to that question <laughs> I saw my hit list as well I tell you yeah. I'd love to yeah. get out there and experience that yeah definitely yes yeah. yeah so if you could take three people diving they don't have to be divers they can be people of the past don't have to be divers at all who would you take and why um I would I'd, I'd say I'd like to dive with um David Attenborough because I read an article he did um, a few years back and he was saying about his most wonderful experience in the natural world was when he first did diving and did subaqua. So I thought that would be fab. Imagine diving with, with David. So I think that would be nice. Um, you probably you probably know, heard about a lady called Christina Zanato. Yes, Christina? Yeah. she been on. Has she been on? I would love to go diving with Christina Zanato. I think some of the stuff she does with the sharks is absolutely amazing. She's a very special lady, yeah. Oh, so I would love to dive. I know she's in the Bahamas, so that might be possible. I don't think David Attenborough's possible, but Christina <laughs> Zanato might be possible. And probably the third, I'd probably take my husband because he doesn't dive, but he's a, he's an honorary diver. Okay. Um, does a lot of surface support and he knows quite a lot about diving. Yeah. <laughs> Not just making the bacon butties. And <laughs> um, so, so, and he's, you know, when he sees the pictures, particularly nudibranchs and the colourful, oh my God, I can't believe that. So... I would like to take him, but uh, yeah. yeah, you're not tempted would... into. No, as I say, it's not for everybody. So uh, no, no, true, and yeah, you can't force people to do it. Either. No, so I think that that would be nice for him if if we could somehow magically qualify him and he would be comfortable. I would take him down and and show him. It. Put him in yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I think that would be my three. Yeah, Could I'll need to I'll need to look back your interview with Christina then. Um, yeah, she's been on a few times. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've spoken to her about cave diving, sharks, just general stuff. And then she came yeah. back uh, to do Paddy uh, Women's Day, didn't she? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, we often dial in and uh, catch up what she's up to. And uh, she's a tower of strength. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, brilliant. I just remember when I first came across her, seeing the video um, of her with these sharks, it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. That's what she does. Brilliant. 
yeah. yeah, lifetime spent on it as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, last question. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, now you've got a billboard. Okay. And you can put something on it. it can be a picture. Can be an image. Can be one of your photos. Mm. Uh, can be a statement. Can be a message. But you've got a billboard, and you're going to put something on there to get the message, a message out to the world. Right. And what are you going to put on it? Um. Mm. I think I would choose maybe 10 of my best 10 photographs from across all parts of the world, uh, showing the marine life at its best. And then I would put a big, in big writing underneath that, I think I just put protect or, or something like that. Protect. A yeah. big exclamation mark. Protect. Exclamation mark, yeah. Oh, I think, that. yeah. So I, I think I'd have a pygmy seahorse and, you know, stuff, small stuff and big stuff. Just yeah. try and show that the, the amazing wonder of what's there, but the message is we have to have to protect it. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. And yeah, protect it immediately. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, have you seen a kind of deterioration in your uh, years of diving? Not, I mean, I think. We're quite lucky where I am. Um, there's not a lot pollution-wise. Certainly, St. Abs because it's protected. Yes, you don't see um, the sea locks are pretty good. You occasionally find a like a traffic cone, <laughs> or or um, in fact a, a road sign. There was one. There's a road sign when I was diving today. It's a you know the big blue signs with a P on it for parking, which is a handy marker because it's a nine meters just where you go in so you know where the entrance is but you occasionally see some debris um but it's interesting because the marine life colonizes it you know mm. that sign is covered in sea squirts and there's squat lobsters sort of sitting underneath it so i would say i, I don't think i have seen a deterioration uh, really um i think some of the sites that are used as training sites um where there's a lot of divers and a lot of kicking about there's bits there where I think the the coverage of anemones and corals isn't quite as good as it maybe was 10, 15 mm. years ago. Mm. But I think pollution type wise, it's touch wood quite good here. That's good to hear, isn't it? Yeah. 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 But it's, yeah, obviously there are different stories around the world and hopefully. I know. I mean, I think the place that was disappointing for me was Lemby. Um, mm -hmm. Indonesia, where we were, there was quite a bit of rubbish in the, the water, you know, lapping up. But mm, you know, I mean, it's Lembe. It's really quite near a big industrial zone. So, and I know different countries have got different pressures on them in terms of environmental things. So it's not a straightforward thing. Um, but it's just not nice to see it. You know? no. But there's so much coverage, you know, in the news and widely. So people are realising the, yeah. the seriousness of it and yeah, yeah. making a positive impact, you know, about changing their ways and yeah, seeing what they can do to, yeah, every little helps. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's been great. Oh, good. Thank you very much. So for people who want to follow you um, and, you know, they've been listening to this, where, where are they best to go to if they want to follow you and see what you're up to? Yeah, um, my website's called um, Sublime Scuba Photography. Um, it's just all linked together. So that's a sort of showcase for 
the, the photos and there's a bit of news on it as well about what, what might be happening. I'm also on Facebook, same name, Sublime Scuba Photography. So like Instagram, I do use Twitter, I'm on, but I'm not very good at doing it very often. So so I would say Facebook's probably the best, yeah. uh, but on the website as well, if people want to browse through some better quality pictures than you can get on, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah super. Yeah, well, we'll put the links in the podcast notes yeah. as well. And then, yeah, people can have a look and see what we do. Maybe, yeah, get the book, Wild and Temperate Seas. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Different yeah. flights around the UK. Yeah, great. Well, thanks very much, guys, for inviting me on. It's been really nice um, talking to you. I think you're doing a great job in bringing diving to the fore and letting people see what it's all about, the great variety of um, guests and speakers. So it's super. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for your time. It's, it's great to, uh, you know, have a, have this chat with you. So uh, thank you very much. Good. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you very much. And as I say, if you are ever up here, yes, you know, bung me an email if you're at St Abs or whatever. Try and I could show you show you some of the sites. All right, great. Yeah. Very kind of you. Thank you very much. Okay, cheers then. All right, right. cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed that as much as what we did. Uh, that was really great chatting to Elaine. So thank you very much to Elaine for giving us some of her time. Yeah, it just uh, shows what we've got around our coastline, or particularly in Scotland. Yeah, and right. yeah, how passionate she is about diving and what a safe diver she is as well. She's... Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, what she said was brilliant. So, mm. you know, uh, great advice and uh, things to bear in mind when you're out diving. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, no. And I think, you know, it might inspire people to consider diving, you know, particularly if they're interested in photography, because you don't want your buddy disturbing the wildlife and scenes that you're going to snap. Yeah, that course that you can do to be um, um, self-reliant, self-reliant is a really good course, even to do as a buddy you know it makes you think right what do i need and uh to make sure you you can be self-reliant you know as yes. the says. so it's definitely worthwhile having a look um you know if it's appropriate for you at your time of diving yeah oh it's definitely something for people to consider yeah definitely um so that's really great those who say thanks to elaine for joining us on that one um so we've got to say also, don't forget, a little reminder um, for you who are listening, we are away next year. can't believe it. We've still got a year to go. Uh, under a year. Under a year. Blue O2, uh, Red Sea on the 14th of October for a whole week on board. Yep, Rex and Reef. If you haven't done the Red Sea yet, do it. Get booked up. Um, do you want the number to call, Jim? Yes, let's give everybody the number. Okay, 01752480808. Yep, give skip. Them a call and book up, or you can go to their website, blueo2.com. Yes. Well, you can't book the scuba holiday online. Oh, no, no, you can't, but you can look it up on previous other weeks, can't you? Yes, yeah. So you can look at the itinerary, but give Blue O2 a ring. Say you're interested in the big scuba Blue O2 liverboard, and they'll set you up, give you all the details. Yeah, that'd be good to have you aboard. Come join the big scuba week away. That's going to be yeah. fun. A few places are booked, and we've got a few people interested, so, yeah. yeah. 
hurry 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 uh don't forget to like and subscribe and leave us a review we we do like contact we love hearing from our listener uh it's really great hearing getting feedback emails um you know it it's brilliant it's always on the show notes where you can contact us there's facebook there's instagram there's twitter there's so many ways to contact us yeah there is yeah and then good old email as well or you could go to our website there is and uh so but particularly if you do if you can if you're on if you listen to us and download us on itunes leave us a review because it helps the algorithm pass it on to other people who want to listen to a podcast about scuba diving yes yeah equally we like hearing from you so if you've got any questions about being a new diver or any questions for Roz when she comes back on um in a month or so's time then you know we can get those answered for you yeah that'd be brilliant so uh so do that we'd love to hear from you that'd be really great right uh next week we it's going to be us we're just us we're going to have a review of the last hundred picking up our favorite pieces from 100 episodes Gem's going to give us some news about the crazy things that she's been doing dressed in yellow and um and blue blue. you got blue hat go with as well so uh we're not going to give the game away just yet but it does involve the water it does involve some safety stuff and it is a very good cause, and uh, we hope that once we talk about it on the hundredth episode, you'll maybe give them the whole, you know, the whole. Oh, thing. People, are, people, there has been a few posts about it on stories. Yeah. So yeah, but, you know, hope you give Gemma the support in doing what she's doing. So, uh, but that will be next week, and also Gemma, you'll be telling us about how you how was the the advance yeah my advanced open water course yeah, so you got that with our friends up at stony cove and at crystal seas yeah so yeah we're doing five dives three dives saturday two dives on the sunday yeah. and uh, hopefully getting my next certification you'll be going down to see the old lady of the lake yes the stained <laughs> the uk's biggest wreck did you know that well there's another name for a lady of the lake isn't there is it better not say it on the podcast my innocent innocent mind i'm not going to have you corrupt me like that so uh or our listener (laughs) leave that to their imagination yes anyway that's it for now and uh that was the big scoop podcast thanks for listening we'll see you on the 100th episode triple figures Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone and the number is plus four four. 7810 We will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode.